The Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny. The only NFL podcast where one of the hosts tells tales. The other one has a tale. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. I am joined uh, for the first time in this video format, but he was ready for it. He's got a nice camera. It's Derek Klassen. You guys know him from listening to this podcast. You can find his work. I think he's covering the draft for Bleacher Report. That's right. You're doing reports yep. for them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, covers football for the Times, previously a Football Outsiders, QB class on Twitter. Welcome back to the show, Derek. It's good to be back. Uh, gl- glad we could get here and get some draft stuff in. Um, this is like my final push to get over the finish line to get to the end of draft season. This kind of feels like the last hurrah, so glad to be here. Um, I appreciate that. So for me, this is this is not the last hurrah. Um, I am doing offensive players this week, skill players, really. We did quarterbacks last week with JT O'Sullivan. Uh, and then next week, uh, we'll be doing defensive players. And then I'm going to do a mock draft, and then it's draft week. It's here. It's happening. Um, I am really excited to dig into these offensive players. We're going to talk wide receivers. We're going to talk running backs. We're going to talk tight ends. Um, it's an interesting class. It's a complicated class. I guess starting with the wide receivers, Derek, it's a kind of dismissed class. I'm trying to find the right word. Poo-pooed class. It feels like the slander is growing and growing around this group of receivers I think I can't. I I feel bad because I can't remember who reported this, but I saw somebody had something out there saying they think maybe only one wide receiver will go in the first round, which I don't think will happen because NFL teams just want wide receivers too much. Um, but let's kind of start there. Big picture, I guess my take on it is if you're looking for Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, probably not gonna find it. But there's a lot of guys that I think will fill specific needs on NFL teams. Um, And I think that's what makes it actually kind of hard to rank because it's almost like there's a different receiver for different flavors. But there's not like one guy or uh, a couple guys who are objectively better than everyone else, in my opinion. I agree with that. Like I, I probably out of the top like four or five guys, they're all very different players. And we'll get into them in a little bit. But I mean, just from a big picture perspective, it feels like a, a it feels like there are three things kind of working against the class. One, I think we've just gotten so spoiled with like yeah. unbelievable wide receiver classes um, with like Jamar Chase and like Devonta being in the same class and Jalen Waddle. Like those three being in one class is insane because they're like a tier better than anyone in this class. <laughs> like it's just we got spoiled a little bit. They're with already the like the talent. 10 best receiver amongst the top yes. 10 in the league. <laughs> like right? all of them. It's, it's, it's insane. Yes. And even last year with uh, Olave Wilson. Um, yeah. like I still really like Jameson, even though we didn't see him. Drake London was incredible. Like, it's just, yeah, there's not any of those Jaylen guys. Burks was good. He was yes. good. He, he was like the sixth best rookie receiver and he was still like a He's reasonably good, good yeah. rookie receiver. It's just, we're just too used to, to really good guys. Um, so there's not one of those, which hurts. We've gotten too used to having a lot of those guys in one class, which, which hurts. And then I also think the other thing that kind of makes this receiver class a little weird and wonky is like out of the top, probably 10 or so guys. A lot of them are small. Like uh, yes. Jordan Addison is small. Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, like even Jalen Hyatt is pretty skinny. Like a lot of there just isn't that big like a Drake London where it's like, yep, you put him on the boundary. Don't have to think yeah. about it. He's going to catch a bunch of contested passes and run everything over the middle, and we're good. They're just 
really aren't those guys until you get to like day two or three. Thousand percent. It's kind of a theme with the draft generally is this is a very small draft. There's a lot of, you know, short kings on the D line. <laughs> there's Bryce Young. It's not just short. There's just, there's small. There's slight. There's cornerbacks who I love who weigh barely more than me. Like the, it's. It is definitely there's there's something going on right now. I don't know, maybe uh, Michelle Obama having everyone eat healthy. Uh, <laughs> it changed uh, the football years. dynamics. <laughs> yeah, you know that meme where it's the guy pushing the domino, and then um, mm-hmm. you know there's uh, the anyways, yeah. So that was the Healthy Food Program 2008. Flash forward to a, a very small draft, but there's a lot of really good players. There's a lot of a lot of these guys are slot only, and I th- is I think. Um, uh, how I would put it. And although there's guys who are small, who you th- I would view more of like a Z receiver role. Some of them we'll talk about. Um, and, and I guess that cuts to my point. Like I have Jackson Smith and Jigba as wide receiver one now, but like, you know, it depends if you need that. If you need that, I actually think he's awesome. Like I think, well, might as well, let's just start off talking about him. Um, I know you have got your personal rankings, probably. I'll work off of mine, and then you can kind of tell me how you feel about them. Because, um, you know, I imagine we're going to talk about the same eight or so guys here. And then we're going to do running backs and tight ends in the second half. Running back class. Tight ends class. Awesome. So, you guys have that to look forward to. Um, but JSN, I think, is, you know, if you're a team that needs a slot receiver... I think he's going to come in right away and produce and have like be extremely efficient. Um, so it's kind of like hard to even talk about him from the lens of like how good is he in value and whatever, because it, it, it really is team specific. I do think he's slot receiver. He's going to play that in the NFL. Um, but, you know, I, I, like he's good about just about everything it takes to be a high caliber slot receiver in this league. Um, you know, he, he is twitchy enough to beat man coverage. He's an excellent route runner runner. He's an option guy who will just kill you that way. He's so good at finding the soft spots in zones. He has great hands. He's just a good football player. Uh, Derek, does he have special or elite traits? Probably not, but I think he's good enough to be, you know, good in the NFL. I, I think I'm right there with you. Uh, he's my wide receiver too, but I like him a lot. He's He feels to me like kind of like you're saying, if you need a slot receiver and if I'm just betting on a guy who I know is going to give me results, it's going to be JSN, even though he's not technically my first receiver. If I like absolutely needed a guy to produce for me, it would be him. Um, it's kind of just, it's like, where do you value that? It's like, if you really, really absolutely desperately need this in your offense and you only play out of 11 uh, and you really need something over the middle of the field, I could see taking him top 15. It's just a matter of like, not every team is going to need that. Not every team is going to even value that at that. You know, some teams might want different skill sets out of the slot. So I think it makes it tricky. But to me, I think he can be kind of like what Tyler Boyd is um, for the Bengals, like that type of presence. And so, again, I, that's you don't take that top 10 like we've seen some of these pass receivers in, in previous classes. But um, if a team is sitting there, like if he is... I don't want to get you too excited, but he, if he no, is there for the Seahawks at twenty, we we if our he's Seahawks there, group too, but we have been fantasizing <laughs> yeah, about sure it because <laughs> it is literally the perfect fit. It's the dream. With DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, like as that third, which is a, a, something they've struggled to address. You know, they drafted D. Eskridge in the second round. He hasn't panned out. 
Um, they just haven't had like a reliable third option in that offense. And yeah, it, it it's same as Cincinnati. Like if you have a number one already in particular, and then, you know, like uh, you can even find speed later in this draft, but to have that, you know, ultra reliable quarterback's best friend, move the chains type guy, Seahawks are great. There's, there's a few other teams I think that could really, really use him. Um, I, I mean, I, I alluded to the lack of elite traits. I mean, you could argue that he's an elite route runner, honestly, though, I, I would say. Yeah. You know, I think that mm-hmm. he it does have a very, 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 very developed skill set there. Um, you know, but like top end speed, size, whatever. Do you have any other dings on his game other than the fact that he's not uh, an ex receiver? Derek, like, like, is there anything else that jumps out when you watch him that you would criticize? Not really outside of anything you've already said. Like he's not going to play outside, which is why it was really hard for me to try to put him at wide receiver one. Like I've tried to have all these like arguments with myself to get there. But the fact that he probably cannot play outside is a little bit of an issue for me. And like maybe he can a little bit, but I think, you know, 85% of his snaps, he's going to play out of the slot. And so that to me is just a little bit hard to value. And then kind of like you said, he just doesn't have the long speed to one both as a route runner and a ball carrier because some guys can like kind of turn it on as a route runner but then they get the ball and it's it's not as natural or some guys aren't as natural as route runners but then they get the ball and they're flying jsn doesn't really have either you know he's a very natural yak guy i think he's good at like transitioning his body into yak he's really good and like quick and he has really good body control balance all that but he just doesn't like even the four five two. I think he ran felt a little bit generous. Like it just doesn't feel like he he plays that fast. Um, and so you're probably not going to get that many explosive plays out of him. Um, at least like in terms of with the ball in his hands. But I still think he's such like you said. He's probably the best route runner in this class. His hands are incredible. And really, what you need if you're going to be a slot only guy like him, you've got to be really tough about playing with bodies around you, um, catching the ball in traffic, yeah. all that stuff. And he's really good at that, whether it's a, you know, just a five yard slant route or something, or he's running 20 yards across the field on a crosser. He's really good about playing with bodies. And so I think that part is, that's probably the part of the, his game outside of his route running where I'm like, okay, this is going to translate really early and really, really well. That's a really good point about his ability to play in traffic. He's so slippery and again, so good at just getting open. Um, it's pretty impressive. Um, I am scared now to ask who your wide receiver one is. I was going to go in my <laughs> order, but now I'm like, I, I, because you, JSN is like the coward's number one because it's That's, such a safe That feels pick. like a mean way to put it, it's, but it, it a little is. bit. <laughs> and I like him. I you think you can tell right. from our no, discussion. I do too. I'm, yeah. We're fans of him, but it is the like, we all know he's going to be good. You know, he's probably going to put him, you know, good numbers and whatever team gets him, we'll be happy to get him. It's a little bit of a cop-out, but whatever. It's my cop-out. You have a different number one. I'm scared. I have, like, a couple guesses in my mind. Just tell me who it is. It's Quentin Johnston. Oh, and I God. know he's a, he's a much riskier prospect, but when you look like that and move like that, I'll, I'll roll the dice. <laughs> what is the other thing you have to do to play wide receiver, Derek? He'll catch the ball. He'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about... Well, I've... Been, I've I've really shied away from um, having like definitive Quentin Johnston takes because the upside is so high and the potential is so, uh, yeah, I talked about him a little bit. Uh, I had Mike Renner on before the combine and we talked about him. And so I had a chance to, he was probably the first wide receiver I really dug into because of that. 
And it's I when he has the ball in his hands, if you were to purely like cut the tape, so it starts <laughs> once the ball is in his hands, and he's even before he gets the ball, actually, because he's uh, extremely fast. He's a, a really, really good separator downfield. If you were to cut, just cut out the catching part, I would be like this guy. I, I would say he could be like Chase or Jeff. Like I would put him in that. Like this dude is going to be a guy in the NFL. Like a you know, no question. However, <laughs> he struggles with the catching part. Uh, let's just jump right into that. To me, it's interesting because there's some he he has the ability to make both contested catches occasionally. Um, and, you know, dubious quarterback play has to, you have to factor that into that in, you know, from, and he also, you know, sometimes it looks really good. He high points it, arms away from the body. Then other times he looks like he's being attacked by the football. <laughs> he jumps unnecessarily or he drops it. So what's your read on that? I, 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 we'll get to the back to the good stuff. What is your read on that part of his game? And why it sounds like it doesn't scare you as much as it scares me. So for me, I think the drops are, for him, mostly they, the ones that give me concern, or not concern, the ones that are annoying are the ones where it's just like he's running a slant, he's wide open, hits him in the hands, and he just lets it go. And it's like he has way too many of those right now that are really, really frustrating. Yeah. Um, but my read on that is kind of like, he's almost like too in his head about transitioning from receiver to runner. Uh, and I think he kind of like, he's, he's thinking a little bit too far about what he's going to do with the ball as opposed to like getting the I'd, ball. I'd be thinking about it too. If I, yeah, was him, I yeah. mean, when you move like that, I mean, <laughs> um, so I feel like that's a lot of his issue. It's a lot of just like focus type of stuff. Um, it doesn't seem to me like he actually has problems catching the football because I actually found when he was contested, whether it's like he's getting bodied on a slant or bodied on a curl or down the field, even in the instances where he doesn't play away from his body the way that he should, he still actually generally does a good job, in my opinion, of bringing the ball in uh, and playing through contact. And that to me is like, well, when you're playing through contact, you know you have to focus on catching the football. So it's kind of a little bit easier for him to lock in. And so I think in those instances, he actually does well. And I know some people have pointed at like his contested catch numbers not being what you would think for somebody of his body type. I've seen Max Duggan throw a football. There were a lot of really, really scuffed contested catch situations that probably hurt his numbers. And I do still think that like playing away from his body is fair. He definitely has moments where it's like, bro, you have... DeAndre Hopkins arms like let's go like like, get him out there Um, because when he does do it it looks incredible so to me I think it's more of just a consistency thing it's not a oh my god he can't do it It, it, I think it's just consistency and I could be wrong he might end up having the Jerry Judy problem where he just is always like this and like that's just you have to live with it Um, but that's kind of my read on it is I think it's kind of just a focus consistency thing that I can convince myself that if I were the coach I'd figure it out. Yeah, the the drop rate it's drop rates are tough because different services chart them so differently. Like I think mm-hmm. we at True Media, which I used mostly, had him like not too high. It was maybe six or eight or something. Pro Football Focus I saw had ten point two percent, which would be very high. Um, I was looking at drop rates for first round receivers, and it's very rare to have one that high. Um, Rashad Bateman, they had they they had with a high drop rate. And then Jalen Rager was the other first round pick, which obviously didn't work out too well. I think 
one thing I would want to get a better, I'm still trying, I actually have asked some people about this, is the the, the particular catching stuff we're talking about. One, concentration is one thing, right? That's That seems fixable. But the body catching, you know, not using his length the way he's capable of, just, I think the thing that I kind of want to get a better sense of is how often those things improve um, from college to the NFL. Um because it, it's 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 a little bit uncommon, you know, especially for like a high draft pick to come in with those issues. Like Jamar Chase didn't have drop, like he, you know, he was fine. <laughs> it wasn't like a real he had thing. Pre-season it wasn't drop a real issues thing. That were not yeah, yeah, real. right. Yeah. This is a real thing. Um, however, I think one thing Johnston has going for him is it'll be so easy to get the ball in his hands early that it he has time to develop, to improve, if that makes sense. Like, I think, you know, obviously he's going to, whatever offense drafts him, they're going to use him on stuff in the backfield, jet sweeps. He's a monster, um, was a monster at TCU. Crossing routes, simple cross, you know, just simple stuff where he has the opportunity to get like crazy yards after the catch. Um, well, it's a little bit like Traylon Burks last year, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, Although, like they're yes. not quite the same, but it's a little bit of the like. Yeah, the same route. You can tree, get I him think. the ball really early, and you just pray that he will figure out the rest uh, that's as actually, you give him opportunities. That's a really good comp for usage wise, because yeah, mm-hmm. with Burks, like in the beginning, it was like yeah, manufactured stuff, some screens, and then like every other target was a crosser off of play action, <laughs> and he caught the you know I, 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 you know, and I think. Um, Johnston again. It, once he actually has the football, is going to just destroy dudes because I mean, it, it's not just it's so many things when he has the ball in his hands. It's the long speed, like every footstep he takes is like three normal footsteps. So because <laughs> he literally looks like a gazelle in the open field, and then he's also really he's a really smart runner. He's creative. He's shifty. He's got great vision with the ball in his hand. Like he's a very good ball carrier. Um, so yeah, I think you know whatever team gets him, maybe this will depend a little bit on where he lands, how it goes at the beginning. But there's definitely a path for him to produce early on, even if he's still working through some of the catch stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I think even for as much as I like him. He's not like, you know, like we said, he's not on the tier of like the Devonta Smith, yeah. Jalen Waddle, all that stuff. I do think if you if you walk in and ask him to be like a real deal X receiver off the bat, you're going to have problems. You know, like we said, I think you kind of have to ease him into this a little bit. And you just hope that like by year two or three, he's like fully ready to go, um, which I think is fine. I think we've just gotten so used to these receivers who walk in and oh my God, he's a, a top 10 receiver. And it's like, that's, we have to remember that that's not normal. And we've just been incredibly blessed the past two, three years or whatever. So I want to talk about Zay Flowers next. Um, he seems to be the biggest riser of the last few weeks. A guy coming into this process out of Boston College, smaller guys, five foot 10, about 172 pounds, pretty, pretty petite, um, who I think most people had outside the top five. And then he's kind of in mocks, not on big boards. And then he's now he's getting a lot of, there, there's even whispers that he might be the first wide receiver taken. I think probably the reason for that is that despite his size limitations, um, 
everybody in the NFL wants like a Jalen Waddle right now. And I think they look at him and they see, okay, this guy has the elite top end. Like he hits the a gear that we see in Miami and we would like very much on our football team, you know? Um, plus, you know, he, he is, he, he's very, I wrote liquid, like when he runs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, he's a nightmare in man coverage. He's so good at getting yards after the catch. He's shifty on the underneath stuff. Um, and, you know, I think uh, with kind of quarterback play, he did a pretty good job catch-wise of, bringing in some difficult balls and making adjustments. So often balls were underthrown because he was just like too fast. <laughs> so I think that's that's the reason why he's climbing. What do you think when you watch him? I, 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 I'm not as high, quite as high on him, but I still like him a lot. I think he's actually, um, I mean, like you said, the speed just kind of jumps off the screen. Um, he's incredible. Like if, if you give him any type of cushion, he's going to eat it up instantly and he's he's going to be pressing you uh down the field so i think he has elite top end speed that that really is going for him he's also he's not like just a burner a lot of these small guys who are his size and have speed are kind of just straight line burners but he's actually really good in like the one to ten yard area um anytime they ran like whip routes oh my god whip routes i wrote whip route touchdown equals touchdown (laughs) i specifically remember one they ran inside the five where he just it's not even close where the where the corner ends up and it's like it feels like cheating a little bit what he's doing um so he's a really crisp and clean route runner i think he's he's i think jsn We'll talk about Addison in a little bit and Flowers are like the three premier route runners in this class. Yeah. And I think, you know, he, he's definitely in that tier. Um, he's pretty good with the ball in his hands. I think, you know, he doesn't quite have the size and strength. And this is actually where I would be concerned about teams thinking that he's Waddle is I think Waddle is a little bit bigger and thicker with yes. the ball. 100%. Flowers doesn't quite have that, even though he's very twitchy and fast. Um, so he'll still obviously be really, really good as a yak guy. So I think he has a lot of, you know, you're going to get a speed threat right away. You know you're going to be a, get a guy who can separate underneath. Um, he has pretty good hands. He's not like a true ball winner, but he's better than a guy that size probably should be. So I think he has a lot going for him. For me, it's just like what kind of holds me out of putting him in that top, top tier is just he's a smaller guy. And he's probably, to me, I think you can play him outside and he'll play a little bit of both. But to me, I think his best role is probably going to be mostly in the slot, um, which to me is why I think he's a little bit on the like, Emmanuel Sanders to Brandon Cooks type of spectrum yeah. um, and Manny Sanders played both and he's re- he was really good at both because he was fast and he could kind of separate on a little bit of everything um, Cooks kind of the same way he was a little bit more outside but he also played plenty from from the inside because he was such an insane vertical burner from from the slot so I think he's kind of on that spectrum and I don't necessarily know that I would take that top 20 but I think he's still a really good player and I think whoever whoever ends up with him is going to be like okay we have like a really solid number two. Like that's probably my thing is I don't yeah. think he can be a one, but you, you're probably going to get a really good number two who has explosive play potential out of him. As you were naming players, Cooks in particular, and then we were talking about Waddle, I was just Googling something that was a suspicion of mine. Yeah. Okay. So this is such an a-hole draft thing to say, but Flowers has sub 30 inch arms. Both of those guys have more than an inch, which just sounds so small, but it matters. It, it matters. matters. It so really small. does. Yeah. That- and, and it shows up on tape, dude. It shows up on tape. Like, you know, I, I mentioned that he, the, the, when I was talking about the underthrown balls, that was more tracking adjustments, right? Like, yes. he, 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 he's, he's great good at tracking. That. But 
the, as far as like catch radius goes, I think that is going to be an issue for him in the NFL. And um, it is, I think, a thing that separates him from some of the more complete speedsters that we were talking about. Now, I do think, you know, it's not going to stop him from being productive, especially because he's so fast, he's so shifty, um, and he's a good route runner. And um, yeah, and I actually think, you know, he's small, but his play strength isn't, like, he doesn't get pushed around as much as you might think of someone at his size. Some of that might have been competition, though. But um, he will get you yards after the catch. I, 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 I get why people are high on him. Let me ask you this, though. Where do you have him relative to Addison, who is a player who, coming into this process last season, everybody thought was going to be wide receiver one. So... Um, I guess to refresh people's memory, memory, pardon me, Jordan Addison was the Blitnikoff winner at uh, Pitt, transfers to, and he had like over 1,500 receiving yards, transfers to USC, production drops some, still pretty good. Uh, and his draft status is kind of like, it, it, it dropped, I think, during the season and then even after the season. Um, I like a lot about him. But it's been interesting to me in particular to watch his draft stock fall as Zay Flowers' draft stock seems to rise so much. Yeah, they are kind of similar in some ways. I still prefer Addison, even for, you know, a, a lot of people have fallen on him even during the season, like you said. And then especially with his combine showing, I think was not quite up to par with what people thought. I mean, yeah. one, just the numbers, but also like he weighed in probably 10 pounds lighter than, than people thought. And we already knew he was going to be a lighter guy, but him being, I think it was 171 was like, and he's uh, six this feet, is, so yeah, and he's six he foot. It's a very it skinny, yeah, it's bars, a very, yeah. very skinny 171. Um, and, and that is the concern, right? Like it, it shows up on tape. That I think is the big, big red flag with him is like when you watch him, it's not even a projecting like, oh, he might struggle against press in the NFL. It's like, no, he will because yeah. he already has at the college level. Um, and I think that's definitely his biggest problem. You're probably going to have to do a little bit. Like I said this with Garrett Wilson, like, you're probably going to have to play him off the ball as much as you can, which doesn't necessarily mean in the slot. Like it could be, it could be bunches. Like you could just have some formations where your outside receiver is off the ball, just ways to make sure that he's not getting pressed. I think you're going to have to help him out there, but I just love everything else about his game. Like he's just, I think he's him and, you know, JSN, it's, it's hard to compare him to JSN because JSN is, he's running different routes, you know, from the slot, whereas Addison is a lot more outside. But I think as an outside route runner, Addison is the best in the class. Like, I just think he's so creative. He's so, like, smart about – he's so good at tempoing his routes. Yes. He's so explosive when he gets out of them. Like, it's just – it feels like he's a chef cooking out. Like, it just feels so, so good when he's running routes. And then when he has the ball in his hand, I think he's electric. Like, he probably doesn't have quite the top speed that – Maybe we even initially thought it pit, and then obviously when he tested, it wasn't quite what we thought, but just the way he wiggles, like the, the way he knows where to move with the ball, like even how to tempo himself as a runner is just like, yeah. he's just a ball player, man. Like I just, I, I know he's a little bit small and I usually don't like those guys and he didn't test well and people have come down on him, but I just, the way he runs routes and, and has the ball in his hand, he just, he feels like a player who's going to be good. I think the Addison slander has gone way too far. It's gone too far. So <laughs> I'm glad we're having this conversation um, because I don't really get it. Other than the questions you brought up about the physicality, can he beat press? Frankly, not a lot of these wide receivers can. Um, right. <laughs> but but I like he has such a complete route tree 
And beyond that, beyond the fact that we've seen him do it all already, so it's not a question, um, he, mentally, and like he's his bag of tricks is so deep, yes. coupled with a very um, impressive physical skill set in terms of the speed, the twitchiness, all of that. He's so sudden. But the way he sets up defenders with his moves, and then you talked about the tempo, the stop-start, it reminds me... A little bit of Chris Olave's tape in college because he just looks so smooth doing it. And if we're going to, like, we're dinging a lot of these guys for size. And I think, you know, when we say we're dinging them, it's like, okay, well, he's never going to be like, a, he's not like the traditional number one. But I do think there's a case to be made that in today's NFL, more than ever, offensive coordinators are finding ways to get these guys involved and to ensure that they're productive regardless of size disadvantages. And it's just so easy to, for me to imagine Jordan Addison thriving in a very well-designed NFL offense. Exactly. Like, it, cause that's the thing, like in terms of route tree, like you're not having to, having to protect him from anything there. I, I think he's willing to catch over the middle. If he needs to, he can make acrobatic catches on the sideline. Like it's really all you're protecting is just, Try not to get impressed as much as you can. That, that's really all you're yeah. looking for. And I think that's like, if that's really the only problem that you have in terms of like trying to protect him, I think that's a pretty decent workaround, especially if whoever drafts him ends up having like a bigger bodied receiver who can play on the line in front of him if they need to and stuff like then it's just like, he'll be fine. He'll be a Z. And it's like, it's not really going to be a problem of, of him getting pressed all that much. And so, um, yeah, I, I think even with some of the concerns there, It'll probably prevent him from being like a true, you know, all-star type of receiver. But he just, it feels like he's too good at too many things and he's too athletic, even if it didn't show up in the testing for him to, for him to fail. I think he's just, yeah. God, if you have a true X, hold on, Tennessee, because <laughs> there are so few of, they're so rare, you know, even in the great drafts we've been talking about, you know, I mean, they're obviously chase and and there's some examples of some truly great ones jefferson but it's hard to find that guy that's probably one of like the rarest things in the nfl right now but if you have him it's like it does so much everything falls into place yes. behind him you know like mm -hmm. and that like the dk in seattle or whatever i mean how incredible is it that Devonte smith gets to play with aj brown and yes. thus they're they shine together it's just so valuable and um yeah a lot of these there's not a lot of them and they're really there's like maybe one other guy we're going to talk about who i think kind of fits that profile um so the guys that we just named i think are sort of the consensus top five i'm seeing out there different orders but however you feel about jsn johnson johnston um, Flowers, Addison seem to be right now kind of like the top four, not top five. Who knows, though? You know, I mean, what was it? It was, uh, I remember when Rugg, Henry Ruggs, there, there, well, oh, he was, right. he was, but he was thought of as a top four. No one just thought he would be that high. Um, the guy that I have next is Josh Downs. Um, another. 510, 175. <laughs> um, he's, he's just a really good football player. So UNC, um, he was in 2020, 22, he was productive in 2021 as well. Last year he had over a thousand yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, he's 
5'10", but he plays much bigger than his size, which is catnip for me. Like, that's my... I can't resist. It's why I like Jahan Dotson so much in the draft, like maybe more than I should, because when I see, if I see a small guy with a crazy catch radius who gets air and like pushes dudes around, I just can't resist that. Um, he actually kind of can beat press coverage, by the way. I, I, he had a, some really nice reps, uh, very shifty, um, you know, prob- slot only, but yeah. another guy, he's kind of just like, okay, if you can't get JSN, I feel like, He's the next fan up and he, he in that type of role and he'd be really good at it in the NFL. I think that's the best way to frame him is once you get past that first tier of wide receivers that we mentioned, at a certain point, you're kind of just like pick your flavor and what do you what need? Do you need? If, yeah. if you absolutely need a slot receiver, Josh Downs, I think is pretty clearly the guy. I mean, like you said, he plays a little bit bigger than he is. I mean, you kind of have to if you're that size, um, but he, he plays the ball really well in the air. And I do think like it's the opposite of what we talked about with Johnston where like his yeah. numbers in contested situations are horrid. Cause he has max Duggan. I think downs were probably slightly infa- inflated because he's maybe playing with the first overall pick. Um, but I think he still did an unbelievable job for a guy, his size being able to go up, being able to body guys out and like find the ball at the highest point. Um, the highest, the five ten guy can find it, which is pretty impressive. Like he gets up there for, for a guy, his size. Um, He's like a reasonably good route runner. I don't think he's quite to like that JSN level. I don't think he quite has the same twitch um, or the same setup, but like he, he really gets it done. I think he does a good job there. Um, and he's a pretty good athlete all around. Like, I don't think he does anything that pops off the screen. Like, oh my God, he's a freak athlete, but he kind of has like a seven and a half, at least out of 10 across the board, which is, uh, I think what you're looking for. Um, especially, especially I have a slot receiver who's going to have to like basically work the entire field in a lot of ways. Um, my concerns with him are kind of just like you said, I think he's slot only, which the other two guys that we mentioned that are this size in Addison and Flowers, I think they're probably slot mainly like that should probably be their home, but they can play outside. Yeah. Yeah, Downs. It's like, I just don't really see him being able to survive outside. Um, I, I just don't think he has the physicality during his routes to do it. Um, I think that's kind of my biggest concern. That's so, where the size I, shows up. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the, the size really shows and up. for the catch. Frankly, he's not that hard to tackle. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's really not that hard. That yeah. was, that was kind of my thing too is um, I think that's probably why I'm slightly lower on him is it seems everyone loves his, his after the catch stuff. And I think he's like nice after the catch, but that's it. Like, I think he's just kind of like, you're getting some, you're getting quality yak stuff, but it, it just didn't seem that special to me, which is why I think he's more of like a, a third round type of type of player. I like, well, it's funny, right? Cause it's like, do you, a slot receiver, would you take one at like 15 or whatever for JSN or will you wait till late second, early third and get a Josh Downs? Maybe the value is better given, depending on, you know, it's, it really like you could spend that 14 on a cornerback or something. you know, it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's this will all, I'm sure there, I'm sure there are a lot of teams that are looking at both of these kind of players in conjunction with each other and thinking about that. Um, he's just like the, yeah, we need eight yards. Let's go get him. Guy. Yes. And yes. <laughs> I, I will say about Drake May, you alluded to the potential number one overall pick. Very fun to watch when you're watching touchdowns. Yes. He trusted him completely. Like he was just like, Josh Downs, give me that first down. And he, l- oh, listen, oh, man, quarterback quarterbacks always get dinged for, oh, he, he, he's, uh, he's just throwing to this guy too much. That's all. He's just relying on him. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, good quarterbacks know where their bread is buttered. Yes. When you have a, a, a receiver like Josh Downs, it made me. You, you throw to him a lot. Like Josh to Downs a lot because I'm like, yes. if he's good enough for Drake May, <laughs> every, every, <laughs> that's a good, good enough for me. 
Um, okay, who's the guy that you have above Downs that I haven't mentioned? Um, I think I might have a couple, but the one I really want to talk about is Cedric Tillman. So uh, this is the guy that I teased when I said there might be a guy who has the potential to be a true ex who has the body who, you know, so mm-hmm. I, let's start there. Do you feel like he has that upside? Yes. I, I think he is like that type of receiver. Um, I forget his exact measurements, but like he's over six foot. He's six, over 200. Three, two, 13. Yeah. He's, he's a big dude. He's, he's rocked up. He, yeah. and he like. It carries very well when you like watch him and, and look at him on the field. Like he's a very explosive mover. Um, he's not like a true, you know, uh, Jamison Williams type of speed or anything. But like for a guy his size, he runs pretty well. You know, he's not quite DK Metcalf, but like he's going to be able to run a vertical route tree. Um, and he's just really explosive, um, both with the ball and without the ball. I think even though Tennessee's route tree obviously is like incredibly limited. In the instances that you can see some route running when he actually gets to run some digs or snap off like a curl route, he just gets into it really, com- gets in and out of it really comfortably and really explosive for like how big he is. Um, and I think that's just like to have an X receiver you can just throw out there and be like, run a 12 yard comeback. We really need you to get open. He can do it. Like he just has that kind of um, uh, fluidity to his game. He's just a crisp route runner. And then I think he's a ball winner. He's just, yeah. he's so comfortable playing it with bodies, whether it's like on the sideline and he has to kind of box somebody out, whether he has to go up for it, whether he's catching a slant and the corner is driving on him. Like he's just so comfortable catching the ball uh, with bodies around him. And then his yak is like, it's not special because I think he's not like a very, he doesn't look for the home run. You know what I mean? Like he's not that creative with the ball in his hands, but he catches the ball, foot is in the dirt and he's going, he's going to get you those eight extra yards. Like he's going to plow through somebody to do it and he's going to get to the first down marker. I just think he does all these things that like really help raise the floor of an offense. And then you get a little bit of explosive ability with some of what he can do down the field with contested catches and stuff. So I, I, I do have my concerns about like, can he run a full route tree? You know, cause he didn't really at Tennessee. Um, and I do think like he has some focus drop issues um, and stuff like that. But like, I just think if you're looking for a true X type of receiver, throw him on the boundary. Don't have to think about it. I think he's the best bet you're getting in this class. Yeah, so we talked about this a little bit when we talked about uh, Hendon Hooker, J.T. O'Sullivan last week, the Tennessee offense, which is, I don't know what the right way. I mean, it's just an very... abomination. <laughs> well, not if you're rooting <laughs> if you're for Tennessee, me. man. If you're, yeah, if, you're yeah. if you're trying to evaluate players, it is an abomination. If you're rooting for Tennessee, you score a lot of points. It's yeah. great. Um, you know, it's just wide receivers playing super, 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 super far away from each other. Uh, and it's talked about the deep choice stuff. It means, I mean, it's just goes, slants, screens, very, you know, they're very, uh, cornerbacks very rarely get hands on them around the line of scrimmage. It, it's just, it. you know, we talked about how hard it makes it hard to evaluate Hooker. It obviously also affects the evaluation of wide receivers. There are two. We're going to talk about the other one right after this. I think the other one makes it harder, actually, than Tillman because of what you alluded to, which is there are some reps where you can see Tillman either versus press coverage or running a few other types of routes. Um, I'm not worried. I I mean, I think his ball skills are great. I, I, you you know, there are a couple drops, but his hands look, I mean, he, it's like, if you combined him and Quentin Johnston, then I would be like, run to the podium. Cause that guy, that would be Jamar chase. Then that would be Jamar chase. (laughs) Yes. It would be sick. Only bigger, right? Uh, Bigger and faster somehow. Um, He does not, body catch he extends he is extremely competitive at the catch point he'll moss dudes 
Um, and yeah, I mean, he, he has all of the measurables you want. I think for me, the questions for Tillman are just routery. And then I think after the catch, he, he definitely has enough. I would say he's not like a, he's not like Chase there, you know, or Johnston. No. Um, but I do think because of the rarity of this skill set, which I just talked about, that does make him more valuable because if he can even become 75% of what we think he might be capable of that is so rare right now especially amongst prospects and i have to think in this tiny tiny class that's gonna send his stock up the fact that he is a guy who has that that size strength speed um so hyatt is the other one so just 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 zip right over to him i like him more than you and our friend nate tyson who i've gone back and forth with a little bit about this uh jalen hyde is the other big tennessee wide receiver he's 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 a little bit smaller but he's big but he is not big girth uh, he is he's a he's a skinny six foot (laughs) he's six feet yeah and then he doesn't help because he crops he does the crop i'm like dude i would not crop top if i was i mean i would if i was if it was me well it's even worse too because he has like he has like freakishly long legs. Like really he's long. just built weird. He has and not so build. It, it makes like everything about his build just like it it racks my brain. He just, just looks like a weird okay. player. <laughs> he is so fast. Yeah. Did you see that? I think they were. It was the I was watching for Brian Branch, not for him. In the the first time I watched this, it was for Tennessee, and and then the second time I watched it, it was for, I was watching Brian Branch, who's a prospect I really like. Just got cooked, <laughs> which is not a fair fight. But it's not. Um, it's- usually, cornerbacks play so far off of Hyatt because they're just like, ah, you know, it's just he's so fast and he's got such. It's Johnston like his gait in the open field mm-hmm. is insane. Um, he separates. He, I think, has good hands. He can track, but it is all goes crossers, some slants. And I, you're, they're not, there's no press, you know? So yeah. I think for me, um, this is just a projection issue. It's just a, can he do it in the NFL? Can he beat press? Can he run other routes? And then will the physicality present an issue at the next level? Because it just, there's just so few reps uh, from the college tape where you can even like assess any of those things. I think that's all it is. And that's really probably why I'm lower is I'm just less confident about those things projecting well and like him figuring it out. Um, I'll try to start with with what I do like about him. Like you said, the speed is crazy. Like he's just in terms of play speed on the field, he is the fastest receiver in the class. I know he didn't run as the fastest guy, but like when you watch him, he's the fastest guy in the class. Like you mentioned, his hand eye and his tracking and his ball skills are pretty good. Like he's not like a true go up and get the ball, like ball winner, but like in terms of being able to get under the ball, catching it over his shoulder, even on the instances where he was running slants, like there were a couple that were kind of contested and muddy and he got his hands out there and he, he brought it in. I was like, okay, that's, that's so, showing some decent play strength that you're going to need. Um, so those are like the things that like you you just he brings a degree of explosive ability that is really hard to find. And then he's actually has pretty good ball skills, which is not always the case for these guys who are burners and stuff like a lot of them are just kind of Ted Ginn's and you're just praying that they catch the ball. It's there's a little bit less prayer with Hyatt, which I think helps. Um, my concerns are just like you mentioned, the route tree one. It's that we haven't seen him run a lot of routes, which is concerning to me. Um, 
And then two, you know, they kind of hide him as much as they can away from press coverage. They, they they keep him off the line. They use these weird splits and stacks that are just, they literally don't exist in the NFL. Like the spacing just, it literally is not real I have so many in the NFL. Where, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it looks like it, it, if you showed it to somebody who only knew the NFL, they'd be like, this makes zero sense because it doesn't. Um, but it's also that I think in the instances where, in the very few instances where they do try to run him on some some real routes, I struggle with seeing him as uh, as projecting as someone projecting him as someone who could run more better crisp routes mm. because it just feels like he's really stiff in the hips and this kind of goes back to the way that he's built. I think because he's so high hipped and so yeah. long legged, it just it's kind of weird for him to bend and sink and get in and out of routes the way that he wants to. Um, and I think that just gives him a lot of problems in terms of his route tree, which is why he needs these very like run a fade, run a go ball, run a crosser where it's like, you're just going one direction and that's it. Just unload the toy and like, just let him go. So I think that's really my issues. What are those star Wars (laughs) things with the really, really long legs? Those, uh, Oh, the, um, the the bad guys use them. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember which acronym is for what I think the ATAT is the four legged one. I don't know what they're called, but. That's I forget what the two-legged one is called, but yeah, we're we're on, like we're, we're on the right bit, track. He definitely he is looks the most like dro- <laughs> droid-like of all of the uh, okay, yeah. all the prospects. I still like him. I just think the speed and the size is just too enticing for me. But um, mm-hmm. I don't like him as a first-round pick. You know, I'm just yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. One more. Let's quickly one more receiver you're excited about that I haven't brought up, and then I'll throw one too. Um. Oh, it's tough to pick. There's a lot. Um. I'll throw out another one actually a little bit along the lines of Cedric Tillman because like you mentioned earlier, it's it's a hard skill set to find in this class. It's like true guy who could be a real X receiver. I think Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss yeah. kind of fits into that. Um, he actually reminds me a little bit of like Corey Davis kind of where he's this big mm-hmm. body, like pretty good athlete. He's going to block his heart out. Um, so he just has a lot of this like, I mean, when he's striding on vertical routes, it just looks crazy for a dude his size. Like he's like 6'3", 220. He is built and when he when he really starts to stride out it looks crazy um and i think he's like his ball skills are pretty good i think he's a decent route runner i think sometimes like a little bit like hyatt he doesn't quite have the explosion the smoothness getting in and out of breaks but i think if you kind of simplify his route tree a little bit and just let him use his his speed his strength all that stuff i think you can get kind of what Corey davis has been so i think like in the third ish round or something maybe even the late second like we said, it's just really hard to find guys with those skill sets, and he's a pretty decent and athletic bet on on what that is. So, what is his size again? I was just searching on my notes because I wanted to. I think he's like six three two twenty, but I don't yeah. fully remember. But I it's somewhere it, like in that range. That size, he's like slightly that's... bigger than Tillman, and Tillman is already like clearly checking the box for X receiver, and he's a little bit bigger than that. So, okay, I'm gonna go in the totally opposite direction then for my mm. last guy. Tank Dell. (laughs) (laughs) You really, yeah, that's about as far opposite as it gets. Uh, I don't know if it'll, if he'll ever be anything more than like a gadgety type guy. I I wrote five ten, but he doesn't look five ten on the field. I think he's five. I think he measured like five eight and a half. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) And he's tiny. I mean, he's just a tiny dude. Um, It's funny because I was actually watching. Clayton Toon first and then I just mm-hmm. couldn't stop laughing because uh, Dell was just always open 
Um, like, hey, there's this short guy who's really fast and is better than everybody else. <laughs> I mean, he's, I don't know if he actually finished with the fastest for you. I don't have them in front of me. But to me, he's the fastest guy. He's the closest thing in this draft to like true Tyreek Hill, game-breaking speed. Obviously not built like Tyreek Hill. I'm not comparing him to Tyreek Hill. I'm just talking about the speed. Um, I mean, he just breaks dudes' ankles constantly. And, you know... It is so shifty and it's just a little jitterbug out there. He's, um, but he's not, he, he doesn't like waste his movements either. Like he's, he's just really, really fun to watch. Obviously the size is not just because of the catch radius, but you know, I, you can't contact. play him on the line. Like, yeah, yeah he's going to yeah. have problems with that. So we'll see. But later in the draft, I love the idea of taking a flyer on him. All right, let's take a break. Come back and talk about two other positions that I think sounds like we're both a little bit higher on this draft. Why should you bet with Caesars Sportsbook? Two words, Caesars Rewards. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. Hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, and more. It's not just a nap, it's an empire. 21 and older must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit ndgamblinghelp.org. West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Israel-Palestine. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. AI. Topics that have divided millions of people. <laughs> it took me a minute to see where this was going. Spurred. Difficult conversations. Challenged our ideas. Derek, are you ready to talk about whether running back should be taken in the first round? Oh, hell yeah, I am. 
Because, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and dogs, it's time to talk about B. John Robinson. First, we should start with a disclaimer. We all agree B. John Robinson is RB1. It's not It's not even close. Okay. I, I think, to, even to extend it a little further, I think he's the best offensive skill player in the class, quarterbacks oh. included. Like, he's just... Woo. We'll talk about him specifically in a second, but yep. man, he's incredible. Yes. And we like, and I like the running backs too. It's funny. Like, mm-hmm. I, there's yeah, like two awesome guys class. I would put in the next tier, but then beyond that, there's, and it's very much a flavor offense kind of thing. BJ Robinson is I'm trying to think of something everybody likes, but that doesn't exist in, in the world today. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Ted Lasso. I don't know. Um, well, if there's the thing out there that everyone likes, he might be the one thing that can unite everyone. Oh, I got, I thought of a good one. John Cena. Everybody likes John yeah, Cena. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, he is the great unifier. He is the man who uh, defies rankings. Everyone agrees. There's no dispute. The debate is over. It's unanimous. He's the best running back in this draft. I guess there's argument about whether he's better than Saquon. That's where we're you know at when we talk about him. I think that's actually an interesting debate. But that is not the debate or not the discussion I want to have with you. The discussion is whether or not he's worth taking in the first round of the draft. And of course, that is not a discussion about B. John Robinson in the particular. That is a discussion about the position. Um, Bill Barnwell, I thought, did a great piece on this. I tweeted it out a couple of times. You guys should check it out just on ESPN.com. Basically addressing this issue where first he lays out, you know, B. John Robinson is great. Everybody agrees he's great. Um, and I'll just try to kind of sum up the main points. And people who listen to this podcast probably are familiar with why you don't do it or why it's rarely done. The main thing is value, um, specifically financial value, which is part of the appeal, of course, of taking any player in the draft is not that you get an awesome player, but that you get an awesome player at a controlled salary. And that is really, really valuable. Most for uh, quarterbacks, of course, that's the chupacabra, but um, cornerbacks, tackles, edge rushers, if you get a superstar, that's awesome. If you get a superstar running back, not really saving that much money versus a veteran running back. Um, so the opportunity cost there is not just like, hey, we took Bijan at 15 or whatever, but we could have taken that edge rusher and saved a lot of money. So that's huge. Um, and I think that's actually the main reason why teams have shied away from it now is sort of recognizing that, especially as running back contracts have stagnated while other contracts have gone up. So the case... That's the case. I would say that's the main case against it. Have I left out any of the other? I mean, there's the other thing is like there's and Bill lays this out. There's uh, many examples in recent years of teams that have succeeded with later round draft picks. Most recently in the Super Bowl, of course, the Chiefs being Exhibit A for a team that, as a quote unquote luxury pick, took Clyde Edwards-Helaire in the first round, and Isaiah Pacheco, who's like a seventh round running back, becomes the star in the Super Bowl. Have I left anything out? Those are the main strokes. I guess just kind of like the general idea that running doesn't matter as much as yeah, passing has it's probably permeated less. its way up, which like, I still think that there's like some just bad framing there, but I think generally it's like an accepted that running is just not as valuable as like 15 years ago. So teams are just like, eh. I would say that's definitely true because teams do pass more, but also uh, there is more... I don't know why I'm holding a screw. Um, there is more acceptance around the NFL. And I know this from conversations I have all the time with coaches, teams, that blocking is a cu- is mm-hmm. more responsible for rushing productivity than I think 
teams thought in the past. Mm -hmm. There's greater awareness of that. So again, that makes it more valuable to take that left tackle or whatever than uh, a running back. So that's that's the case against doing it. Let's talk about the case for it, beginning with, of course, Bijan Robinson himself. Bill lays this out. Teams, um, drafting is always a bit of a crapshoot. To draft a running back in the first round, given all the things working against it, you got to be sure. How sure are we that Bijan Robinson is the dude? Very. Like, as much <laughs> as I can be. Like, he just... Somebody tweeted out earlier, and I, I know that you said you didn't fully want to do this, but like I do think he's a better prospect than, than Barkley was, um, at least for my preferences, just because to me, and actually this is kind of like my argument in general for taking um, some running backs if they're this good uh, in the first round, is I think even though you can find running back production from like anywhere in the draft or, or free agents or all that stuff, I think finding a true three down back who is also explosive there's like three of them, dude. Like they're just like those guys just don't exist. You have like Chubb, Jonathan Taylor. There's really just not that many guys that give you three downs uh, of play and are and can be explosive and are consistent. And I think Robinson checks all of that. Like he he's built like a true lead back. He's incredibly explosive. He can rip through the perimeter. Like if you get him set on the edge, he's gonna fly through it. Um, his balance is phenomenal like his balance and like the way he changes directions at, at like weird angles is just like it's so hard to do especially when you're built the way that he is um I just think he's like an exceptional they're, they're really like the only holes I poke in his game are like I guess he doesn't run a 4-3 like <laughs> yeah like that's but it he, he is plenty fast he, he's plenty fast field. it's so like I guess he's, he's not, not CJ who we'll talk about yeah. but yes um his tape is hilarious it's just, he's, pl- it's, he's it, just unfair. You know, when you watch uh, like John Wick or an action movie and bad guys just die and it doesn't, <laughs> it's like, you're like, how are you not getting him? He's right there. Like, how are you missing him point blank over and over? That's what it's like watching B. John Robinson's tape. Because would-be tacklers, they just fall off of him. It's comical and... It's because of all of the thing. I mean, his broken tackle stats are like insane. It's because of all of the things you alluded to, which is not just he is both strong as hell, shifty, and he has incredible balance. So the combination of all of those qualities together, the, his ability to stay on his feet, make insane cuts, explode out of them, and accelerate is just a night it, it's a nightmare for defenses um so i yeah i mean and he's he's a smart runner too he runs with great vision um he's just super super complete uh, as a rusher and then derek you add on to that that he ranked second amongst all prospect in yards per route run second in yards after the catch per attempt so he can catch the football too I mean, that's and that I think is a really, really important factor when we talk about this whole first round thing, because you are talking about a guy who never has to leave the football field, a guy who you can use to manipulate defenses with personnel groupings and formations who you can move around. You know, not we'll talk about Jamar Jameer Gibbs. He's not like that, but because of his um, versatility he is such a weapon for offensive coordinators to deploy. 
everything you just said is exactly why Christian McCaffrey changed the 49ers offense. And like Bijan yeah. is not quite that degree of um, flexibility, but like, I think Bijan can do all the wide receiver stuff that like Le'Veon Bell did. Like, I don't think there's any reason that he can't like the Steelers. We're totally fine flexing him out um, a decent amount. And I think Bijan can absolutely do all of, all of that. There was a wheel route he caught in the Alabama game where I was instantly like, oh, not only can you run a wheel route, can you separate, but you can play on the sideline and like catch the ball. Oh, like factual. I was like, yo, this is a real deal pass catch. He caught, back. he caught, it was a deep post. I can't remember who, who was it against. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be derogatory, but he caught the ball better than Quentin Johnston's ever. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. He's, he's, he's high pointing it. Like he's, he's, it's, tremendous um and you know what the other thing about more, the third down yeah he's an awesome oh pass blocker God. he's a really yes, good pass blocker like absent he's probably lines. not going to be quite like the zeke level where he's just absolutely stoning everybody in his way but like he is going to walk in and very comfortably again have it down never has to leave the yes football never field. has to never leave. has to leave so for me um to go back to the original like question and sort of the the dings um it comes down to the team and what their needs are and who else is available then, right? So, you know, let's – and that's where I think this gets a little bit trickier because if you're picking in – I mean, we, we, he's obviously not going to go top 10, but in that 10 to 20 range, then it's like, oh, first of all, the Chiefs are a great example. Like, luxury picks don't exist in the NFL, like, if you don't think it's a need today, it's going to be a need tomorrow. And teams are aware of that. Um, you're constantly juggling this with contracts and health and this and that. And to me, it's like, okay, let's say you, you need a corner. If you need a corner and there's a guy there that you do like, let's say Deontay Banks is at 18. I don't know, whatever. I'm just throwing out. I don't know. You know, he's picking there. That's where it becomes tricky for me because of the aforementioned value issue and because like that, if you have the opportunity to fill that kind of need with a rookie contract with a player that you have a high degree of confidence in, it's tricky. However, when you get to the 20s, you're less certain about all these players, especially in this draft. Like when I look at mock drafts, Derek, I don't see that many players in the 20s that I feel so confident about, cornerbacks, edge rushers, whatever, that I would pass on Robinson, if I need a running back, who I feel a high degree of confidence in. And I think that's what you have. This is why it's kind of, it's so, context matters so much, team matters so much, but also the players who you're picking against matter a great deal. I I think that's the thing. I would still take Bijan in the first round in like basically any class for the stuff that we've already kind of laid out, like doesn't have to come off the field. He's just exceptional, blah, blah, blah specifically in this class i think it's pretty excusable because of what you said once you get to that like really about where the commanders i think pick it like 18 or 19 something like that that's where it's like okay there's starting to be a little bit of talent drop off at a lot of other positions um most of the corners are probably off the board it's not a special receiver class like a lot of the tackles are probably gone you know what i mean so you just kind of end up in this situation where you have a guy who purely as a talent taking position out of it, he's top five. Like It's probably like Will Anderson, Carter and him, in my opinion, like the, that's just in, purely in terms of talent. And at a certain point, 
you get to, you know, where you're at pick 23 or whatever. And it's like, do we really want to take the fourth, whatever at other position? Or do we want to take a guy who we know is like an elite three down back? And, and to me, I'm probably taking that guy. (laughs) I keep looking at the chargers at 21 and asking this question because that's a team where they need speed at wide receiver. Right. Mm -hmm. For example, there's other needs, I think, you know, and uh, you could say D-line always talked about the when I talked about team needs. But wrist, speed of receiver, everybody agrees. Yeah. Um, I think they're pretty happy with their offensive line as is. But, I, you know, um, I would rather take Robinson there. And, you know, they're going to move on from Eckler pretty soon, it looks like. And then try to get speed later. Because to me, like, whoever we're talking about at this point – Maybe it's a Hyatt, whatever. Maybe Zay Flowers is still there. I don't know if the delta between that player and another wide receiver makes it worth it. I don't know. Maybe I get my nerd card revoked for for that. But I, that's where I start. Personally, I start to get comfortable with the calculus, um, just because you're 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 lo- you're looking at need and usage. But you're also looking at, okay, you know, how much better is the player we're taking here versus Bijan? And they're usually not. I love that fit. I hadn't really considered it because, like, whenever we keep doing our uh, our mock drafts for, like, Bleacher Report, we pretty much always land on, like, Flowers or something because it's like, yeah, they need speed or receiver. But I think you're absolutely right. Like, they could they could take Bijan and end up with, I don't know, Tyler Scott or, or Marvin Mims in the yeah. third round or whatever. And it's like, okay, you got your speed. Is it going to be an elite guy? No. But they're crossing the bar, and really, with the other weapons they have, that is good enough. I also just love the idea of Bijan because, like, if you have Bijan, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Justin Herbert, that's a hard team to tackle, man. That's a really hard team to tackle. That's a lot of big dudes, and that's uh, by yes. the fourth quarter. That's not going to be a very fun football game for the other team. So I like that a lot. Okay, we talked way too long about Bijan Robinson. Um, so we're, we're not long enough on the back. <laughs> um, I have. Uh, the next tier for me is Gibbs and Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet, UCLA, Jameer Gibbs, Alabama. I think most I, most people seem to have Gibbs in that next tier and then Charbonnet in a separate one. But Derek, the way I think about it is it really comes down to what you need as a team because they serve such different purposes. Um, Zach Charbonnet is that bell cow every down back where um, I actually think – I think in it. I, I think he's actually gotten a little bit underrated, candidly, because when I watch him, I'm like, that's I can see that guy on Sundays easily. Um, some stats on Charbonnet. First of all, he had like seven yards per attempt, which is ridiculous. But um, outrageous. <laughs> uh, Sports uh, Sports Info Solutions has really good stats on rushing, and they have one called Positive Percentage, which is similar to like success rate. Basically it's just kind of what percentage of runs are successful. So he, he ranks second in that category. Uh, they have a stat hit the line or is it still positive fourth? Uh, he was first actually in catches per game, third in yards after the catch per attempt. He's not like Gibbs who we'll talk about. He's not going to run a full route tree and he's not going to destroy dudes, but he has super soft hands. He's a very reliable check down guy. And like, I just feel like, he is that rookie who is immediately going to be like one of the top 15 most productive backs in the NFL. Like you could just, depending on situation, I could see that so easily. 
I'm with you. I, I think he's awesome. I think in that next tier, I have uh, Gibbs, Charbonnet, and then we'll talk about him in a little bit, but I also have A-Chain in that tier. I love him. But really? With, yeah, but with Charbonnet, um, he just feels... I don't think he's quite this level of prospect, but he all the reasons I liked Damian Harris... Um, mm. Or Najee Harris, sorry. All the reasons I like Najee Harris coming out of Alabama kind of apply to Zach Charbonnet, where like the balance is incredible. He's a really smart runner. The hit at the line stat is perfect because... Um, I think he's such a guy where like, he just doesn't put himself in the hole. You know what I mean? Like there are some other running backs that we'll probably end up talking about where it's like, ah, you're making your job a little bit harder than it needs to be. And he just doesn't really have that issue. He doesn't run himself into, into contact. And even if he does get hit at the line of scrimmage, he finds a way to muscle himself out of it. And I think, I think we kind of underrate how important it is to like, take what could have been a second and 12 and make sure it's a second and nine. Like that, yeah. that really does a lot. Like it's, it's just three yards, but like, man, making sure it's not like a, we have to get in 10 person don't throw the ball like that. It, that type of stuff actually really, I think goes a long way. Um, and I think he's, he's not really that shifty in the open field, but like he does enough for his size, but also like, I think he's pretty fast for his size. Not like a true burner, but like he builds. Yeah. He builds up and he's got enough for his size where it's like, okay, we can still get some explosive plays out of this. And then the pass catching, like like you said, he's probably not going to be that explosive. Can't really line him up out wide, but like he's very reliable out of the backfield he'll and he'll get yeah. you your, your eight yards or whatever. Like he, he's going to figure it out. So uh, Danny Kelly, whenever he talks about Nick Chubb, I'm not comparing him to Nick Chubb, but he talks mm. about how his feet grip the ground and he has this somebody mm. <laughs> a Photoshop for him where it's like his feet are hands gripping the ground. <laughs> I always think about that. Um, and I actually feel that same way to some degree when I watch Charbonnet. Mm-hmm. Um, he has excellent contact balance, always runs with low pad level. He's just very hard to bring down. His lower body strength is really impressive. and he has, But he has those qualities, but he's not slow. So like that mm-hmm. to me is it's like okay if you have those qualities the balance the power etc but you're he, he's not just a you know a guy you put in for short yardage and go, he is a complete back um, I just feel like you know he, he we're a lot of the guys including a chain they have like something special but they're kind of deficient in certain yeah. areas I really feel like Charbonnet is like just after Bijan the most complete running back in this draft now that said. Totally understand why a team would take Jameer Gibbs over him. <laughs> as much as I like Zach Charbonnet, um, Jameer Gibbs is lightning. You know, that's, I mean, he's, uh, he, by the way, in that uh, percent at the line, uh, he was 13th, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's a lot worse. Yeah. yeah he's not, not he's not going to get you those tough yards. He's not going to be a guy you can trust on three downs. Um, but in the right offense, he is the guy who will make the special plays. He has the the rare. It's not just um, the uh, top end speed. It's the burst, the acceleration. The he's the angle eraser. I don't know. Like, and it, to me, this is just a fit thing. But it, I could just see him just completely obliterating at the next level. Yeah, he he has. I think the best. Even though A-Chain is, like, faster technically, like, in, in like, a, I mean, A-Chain is, like, a literal world-class sprinter, sprinter. Um, it just feels like Gibbs has this, like, different gear as a runner um, and just has, like, an explosive play creator. Like, I, this isn't, like, a one-to-one full comparison, but, like, just in terms of his explosive playability at around his size, it feels very Dalvin Cook, where it's just, like, 
if he gets that crease at the second level, goodbye. Like he's just gone. Like he's going to find a way to accelerate and instantly flip a gear and he's just gone. So I think that explosive playability is, is huge for him. It's really the sell, the selling point. It's almost kind of like, you know, Travis Etienne coming out a few years ago where it's like, is it complete? I don't know, but he's incredibly explosive and he's going to be able to give you some good plays. I do kind of worry about what he gives you like on just the basic first and 10, you know what I mean? Or like a, a second and, and four where you're just like these basic runs where you're trying to run it up the middle or something. Yeah. I think his vision is a little suspect. I think he, my biggest problem with him is he just really loves to stop his feet, which can be good in certain areas. Like it's a very, like, it's more of a feast or famine type of running style where like sometimes it's boom he's, and bust. yeah, it's boom and bust. Sometimes he stops his feet and the perfect thing happens in front of him. Boom. He's gone. Sometimes he runs himself into a wall and it's like, brother, let's just run. Come on. <laughs> if he finds the hole, it's like, oh my God, nobody yes. gets hands on him. Yes. And it's like, and he's, and it, it, you know, he'll, run between the tackles for like a huge 14 yard gain or whatever. But if he doesn't, it's not pretty. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I struggle with the Camara comps too. Because Thank like, you. Yeah. Yes. I mean, as Thank a pass you. catcher, he's actually probably a little better than Camara, frankly. Um, he's so, I mean, he's basically a wide receiver out there. Mm. Um, maybe better than Camara is a little strong. I don't know. No, nah, that's a little strong because Camara yeah, at his peak <laughs> was a really, really good pass catcher. But um, he is the most complete pass catcher of any running back. He's explosive. He can do it all. Alabama, they split him out wide a fair amount. Whatever that team drafts him, will use him in the same way. He will be a total misdirection weapon. Um, but yeah, he's not he's not Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara is a really really solid running back. As he's a very well. smart runner, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a little bit different. But um, I'm really excited to see where maybe more than any of the other backs where he's drafted because right team. Yeah, this is gonna be insane. Like, just absolutely insane. Um, I do have a chain next, and so I put all the next, all the, like a bunch of the other guys: McBride, a chain, Johnson, mm-hmm. Spears, in the next tier. And I wrote, "Pick your poison." Like, it really <laughs> depends on what kind of player you want. Um, a chain. Um, I mean, I don't know what is four point three two. I think looks like I don't know. He's that sounds right. Fast as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the important thing to note is it's game speed. Like he's a track guy and his forty is great, but it sometimes that doesn't always translate for him. It does. It translates. There's like there, every corner gets turned, uh, and he is a nightmare in the open field. Um. He's also really good at running through traffic, and yes. uh, that's maybe my ma- favorite characteristic of his. That said, he is five foot nine, hundred and eighty-eight pounds. So, you know, this is another one where, for me, Derek, it's scheme. Like he, to me, is like in Miami's offense. Can you imagine oh. anywhere like a zone scheme where he can just ride the wave? And then find find the gap. He could be wonderful, but it's going to take the right scheme. Yeah, he's he he's of all the small. There are a lot of small players in this class. Of the small players, he's the one where I feel like I'm most making an exception. Of like, I don't care. I just think he's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, I mean, all the concerns are fair, and he's still my running back four for for basically everything you said. But I think I'd have him in this Charbonnet Gibbs here because. Um, I mean, one, obviously the speed pops off like that stuff is incredible. He's really shifty. His change of direction is incredible, obviously, at that size. But like you mentioned, the way he 
his vision to me is second only behind Bijan Robinson. I, I think the way he maneuvers between the tackles, sets up his blocks, knows how to tempo himself. It just feels like a pro. It feels like somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, and I think that helps him squeeze out yards between the tackles and like helps him make up for the fact that he's not going to get that physically. Um, because he does go down easily. Like if you catch him clean, he's done. Like he's not going to, he's not going to break you off. And even some arm tackles, he's probably just going to go down because he just doesn't have the size. And so that's the concern you're going to have is that he's a little boom and bust in that sense. But I think he's just such a smart runner that you're going to get enough of the like high floor type of running from him that it'll be fairly sustainable. Um, and then like the other thing I like about him is just, man, he's a really good pass protector. <laughs> um, and that to me, yeah. like is going to help him stay around and like have three down value. And that to me kind of boosts him up. Um, and then he's obviously a really good pass catcher. Like he just, it feels like even though he's a small guy and he definitely doesn't have the bulk to be like a true lead back, it feels like he has the qualities of a lead back, if that makes sense. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just like the vision, yeah. the pass protection, stay on the field, all that stuff. So I really, really enjoy him. I think like he's just, I just think he's a fantastic player. And I, like, I know it's the size is probably going to limit him from ever being great, but man, I just think I mean, like when he's on the field. in his own yeah. offense, like in the mm-hmm. right type of offense, totally. And there's, Guess what? That is very there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned Miami. Obviously, mm-hmm. Miami would is is would be the hilarious one. But um, there's a few there's a few teams I can think of. Um, I have McBride next, which is funny because it's about as opposite as you can get for a number of reasons. It's funny because I I wrote down five eleven two fifteen, but I think it's because he plays in the conference U. So he's UAB conference USA. He just looks like the kid who's too old in the league playing with everyone else. Like he's just dragging those little conference USA defenders around. It's kind of unfair sometimes. Credible athlete, so strong. Tacklers just really struggle with him in a way that I think, by the way, does transcend competition. Um, but he doesn't, he's not as fast as any of the guys that we've talked about. I think he, he's not a stiff and I don't think he's just like a total only power guy. I mm-hmm. think he has more in him, but you know, he's, he's a one cut type of runner and that's fine. Um, so it's kind of another one where I just think it depends on the offense. I'm with you. He, he's such a tricky prospect for me because I absolutely adore the runner. I, the, the player overall is a little tricky for me. How's um, that? What do you, what do you mean by that? He just, as part of it is that like the offense, he really only does zone stuff. So like you're going to, it's going to be a weird transition for him coming into the NFL, unless just his own team drafts him. But even then, like a lot of them are running more stuff anyway. So that might be a little tricky. Yeah. Um, but more, I mean, like they didn't really ask him to pass protect. You didn't get that many reps of that. Um, and they really didn't throw him the ball ever. Um, and even in the few instances where they did throw yeah. him the ball, it very clearly looked like, ah, I kind of get why they're not throwing you the ball because it looked a little clumsy and a little uncomfortable. And so I think that's my concern is like all the guys we've talked about before. It's like, okay, you have this three down value. We don't really ever have to take you off the field. McBride, he could get there. It's just going to be a really deep learning curve um, for him to, for him to, to figure out all those things. And he definitely has the size and athletic ability all for it. It's just, it's just a matter of him being able to figure it out. And you just don't know what those type of guys, my comparison for him actually is like Isaiah Crowell, um with the Browns mm. and I know it was kind of like a flame that that burned out very quickly yeah. um but when he was good he was a very yeah. good like big one-cut runner incredibly powerful had enough speed for his size like 
but didn't really give you anything on third down. Like that to me feels like the type of player he is. And I think if he can just like, you know, have a, like a longer, more stable career than Isaiah Crowell did, I think that's like a pretty good, I think you'd be happy with that if you drafted him. It It is interesting. I, this is why I find running back um, projection so difficult because it's just so team dependent and yeah. like, in the same way that there are teams who will need that, you know, a scat back or whatever, there are teams who need a McBride right mm-hmm. now. You could have argued Buffalo, maybe, you know, yes. for, uh, for example. I just, so it's hard to know. Like, I've all these guys, I don't know. I was like, I don't know, two through five question. You know, it's just <laughs> like, who knows? Um, okay, the, the other guy that I want to talk about, I mean, there's a bunch, but. Um, I guess Tajay Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears, yeah, yeah, is um he's my next back. Um, I actually so Tulane, five foot ten, two hundred and one pounds, so got a little smaller, but um six point nine yards per attempt. Tulane, uh, some pretty funny stats actually. Um. First in yards after the catch per attempt, fourth in yards per route run. That's a big part of his game. Second in touchdown. He was a touchdown machine for Tulane. Um, Sports Info Solutions has this stat called boom percentage, basically explosive plays. He was third. And then uh, this is something that is really notable. Uh, first in pass blocking. They He asked him to pass pro. They sure did. <laughs> and let me tell you, that is going to be appealing to uh, NFL teams, the fact that he can do that. Um you know, he, so he's not the biggest dude, but he kind of, to me, has, I don't even know who I would comp him to. He, he, he's the one where I'm like, I don't know, I wouldn't describe you as being elite at everything, anything, but you're pretty good at everything. Um, other than, I guess, the power. Like, I think he's got nice top end speed. I think he's shifty enough. Um, obviously, he's a good pass catcher. We talked about that a little bit. And I think his, you know, his size isn't as much of a detriment as you might think. Um, in fact, sometimes I think it helps him in terms of his balance and his ability to get low. So I don't know. He's one that I feel like if a team needs an every down back, I actually think he has that potential. Absolutely. Like I, I like him a lot. I think he's my running back six or something. So like in, in this range, um, he's just so springy. Like he's just, I, that feels like the best word to describe him as a runner. Yeah. Um, it just feels like when he puts that foot in the ground and wants to make a cut, he's just, like Houdini, like he's just kind of gone. Um, and I really value that about his game because it's not just at the second level that that shows up. It shows up behind the line of scrimmage when he yeah. needs to make a, a last second cut or a last second move or somebody is in his face. Like there's a pile, like he's just so good at getting himself out of jams. And I think that's a really valuable uh, skill to have. I also think like, yeah, 201, he's not the biggest guy and he's not like really a power runner, but I think he kind of plays bigger than his size. Like he's a really relentless and angry runner um he he really does not want to go down and it doesn't always work because he's yeah. only 200 pounds he fights at the end of is, his runs he to get sure more is south. Trying. he will try to yes. totally that's a great point he, he is and tacking I, I, on that extra yard on every run <laughs> i almost feel like maybe i might be like poo-pooing a little bit his skills as a pass catcher he is he's got great hands mm-hmm. um coupled with the pass protection that's why i keep going to the every down like he is really well-rounded absolutely like, like, I think to me, it's just really the biggest, the biggest problem is really not even what he showed on film. It's just, I know he has a lot of knee issues and that's going to kind of mm. be the, like, 
how how is this really going to hold up especially with him being a a little bit on the smaller side like that's really the biggest concern maybe you just don't make him a lead back to like kind of preserve him for longer um so you do kind of have to factor all that stuff in but I think like you said just in terms of a player he kind of checks about every single box and I think he really is great in in certain areas even if they're niche like like the, the pass protection like he really might be the best pass protector in this class. Like, I think Bijan is good at it. A-Chain's really good at it. But, like, he is very energetic and very willing to do it. And I think that, like you said, coaches are going to absolutely eat that stuff up. That's an, And that's an issue for me with Gibbs, by the way. Because, yeah. Especially because so much of his utility will come as a pass catcher. On third down. Like, mm-hmm. can't pass pro. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to um... – he still, I still have him as RB2, though, despite those questions, because he truly has an elite trait. Mm. All right. Um, you know, there's other... I mean, I talked about Keaton Mitchell's little speedster. Bijan's backup, Roshan Johnson, He's is, good. like, really good player. There's so many good... Tank Bigsby. There's so many good running backs in this draft. It's a really deep and cool class. Um, but the tight end class is the one that seems to be capturing the heart's minds of draft nation um so much so that michael mayer is falling down people's tight ends rankings derek are people overthinking mike mayer i really think the mayor fall is like the single dumbest thing about this entire (laughs) draft circuit like it blows my mind that he is falling because i think to me no, I said Bijan was the best skill player out of all the guys in this class. I think Mayer's number two. Like, I just, he is a phenomenal player uh, to me. Like, it just, he has everything. It, he To me, he checks every single box. He's a really good blocker. Um, and I think he probably can still get better at it. Like, because uh, he's, he's still a really young player. And I think he could probably clean up the consistency a little bit. Um as a pass catcher, I mean, he just brings everything. Like, he, he's really clean off the line of scrimmage. It's hard to press him and bully him around because of his size. I think he does an unbelievable job of boxing defenders out, whether it's a five-yard stick route or whether it's in the end zone. Like, he's just unbelievable at, at keeping guys shielded from the ball. He's really good at finding the ball at the farthest point away from his body as he can. Um, his hands are incredible. Like, his, his tracking through contact is incredible. Um, with the ball, he's... Not the fastest, and he's not like particularly shifty, but I think for a guy who was playing at around like 260, he's a very like smooth and easy mover. Like he, he doesn't feel like he's clunky, even though he looks like he's a bigger guy. So I just think all that stuff, like he just checks every single box to me. And like, yeah, maybe he's not the elite athlete that a George Kittle or Kyle Pitts was, and that is giving some people some concern. And I think that is kind of fair. I just think he's so incredible at, at everything that it's like, He's kind of a no-brainer to me. I mean, he catches everything. 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 I went back to watch a game or two (laughs) yesterday just to make sure I wasn't completely crazy. And there's a catch, I think, in the North Carolina game where, like, um, I think he just runs, like, a a stick route or something. one of my... (laughs) <laughs> one of your clips that you have <laughs> well i have i've like i yes there's so mm-hmm. many highlights where i'm like what how what like yeah but he, he just runs this like six yard stick route the, the the linebacker plays it pretty well and the the quarterback kind of throws it weird and he just even with the linebacker like draping over his back he finds the ball like through the other dude's hand as he's falling to the ground brings it in super clean and it just looks easy like it doesn't look like yeah. this was some panic like oh god i gotta find the ball it just looks like he was just like the ball, his hands just magnetized to it. And that was it. My theory about 
why he might be dropping, but some of it is just that there other tight ends are, as mm-hmm. there more people are watching them because you know, like I think like everyone knew who Michael Mayer was. Not everybody was watching Don right. Cave or Musgraves or whatever we can talk about. Um, but I think it's, there's a couple of things. I think so. His ding is athleticism. He didn't have the best combine. That's just not his strength. And I I wonder if it's such that like because first round tight ends have struggled and rookie tight ends tend to struggle teams or people who think about these things are just like effort let's just take an athlete and hope we can mold him <laughs> you, no no i'm like let's bait on let's bait, let the this thing seems to be such a crapshoot and you know you got guys like the kittles outperforming some of the first round picks let's just bet on the traits guy and then see where those traits take us and Mayor's not the traits guy. He is the guy who catches everything, who is incredibly hard to bring down, who I think is really underrated, underrated, pardon me, um, at the line of scrimmage. That's something that really jumps out to me, his release package. Mm-hmm. He's going to live in the seams and he's go- in a play action heavy offense. He's going to just eat and maybe it's not sexy enough or maybe it's something has it's it, maybe it's just because of the production of tight ends in recent years, but I think teams are just totally overthinking this. I, I think you're absolutely right. I do think the the athlete thing at tight end is kind of fair. Um, I, I think yeah. teams are are maybe a, a little willing to be like, you know what, tight end is a really hard position to be good at. Um, maybe let's just take the swing on athletes. My counter to that is just like. Watch Michael Mayer. I mean, not my like, counter to you, but like counter to teams that yeah, are thinking no, that yeah. it's just like, dude, like he does everything. And it's not like it's he does the blocking. He does it in line. He does it from a wing. He does it when he's moving. And like in terms of his alignment, I think a lot of people are like kind of in their own head about like, oh, he's this big 260 guy from Notre Dame. He's only an inline Y. And it's like, not really, because if you watch him, they'll, they'll line him up out wide, they'll run shot. tunnel screens. His headshot, it's, it's Derek. Headshot. Have you seen his headshot? Yeah, his yeah. headshot screen. That's an inline headshot right there. His, his head is even bigger than like his, the rest of his body. So it really like disorients you face. in a way. Yeah. <laughs> but they really um, did. They line him up everywhere. Like he's, yeah. like he's a total chess piece. They throw him screens. He's a tight end. And people are like, I don't know if he's enough of a playmaker. It's like, this is crazy. I think he can be like Tyler Eifert, like when he was like, yeah, that's a good, an all star tight end. Yeah. Obviously, like he had body issues and stuff um, in terms of breaking down. But like, yeah. if you can be a healthy Tyler Eifert for a long time, I am taking that in the top ten, and I'm not thinking about it. Like that, that to me is like an awesome, awesome player. I, I originally put him to Green Bay. I forgot what they're picking in the twenty, like fifteen or something like that, or maybe yeah, fifteen. Yeah, so which people thought was too high, not but too I just high. think that makes and. To, Give yeah. Jordan Love a Michael Mayer. Yeah. Like you want easy Jordan target. Love to Yes. Yeah. Easy target. Okay. That said, I do love Dalton Kincaid, who we can talk about next. Mm-hmm. Um although I I've seen rankings all over the place. Kincaid, Mess Graves, Washington. I think Darnell Washington is such a funny one to rank because it's like <laughs> You're either in a- on the traits or you're not. Like <laughs> Yes, yes. Um I prefer Kincaid, um who is I mean, he. It, I I can see why he's. I I I still have Mayer above him, but I I get it. When you watch Kincaid, he is such a good wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, 
his he also you know is so good his hands are also really really impressive i would argue they're a little bit less impressive in, in traffic as mayor is mm-hmm. but they're more impressive deep down the field uh the adjustments he makes um the way he uses his body the stuff he reels in is really impressive um he's a really really smooth route runner he's so good at getting open versus zone coverage he's not he's only 6 foot 4 but i don't it doesn't really bother me when i watch him that much um, and you know, I think he'll get better as a blocker. So I, I'm really high on him too, to be clear. <laughs> I, I like him a lot as well. Um, he's, <clears throat> I moved in very recently to tight end three, but it's, it's l- less about like me rethinking what he is as a player and more just like, I kind of recalculated what I think about his back injury. Um, and so that I think mm-hmm. is really the thing that yeah. really throws the biggest wrench into, into his evaluation. But as a player, he's awesome. Um, uh, like, like you mentioned as a receiver, he just kind of does it all. Um, he's an unbelievable route runner. You can like Mayor, you can flex him out to wide receiver. You can put him in the slot. You can put him in a wing. You can put him in the backfield. Like you can play him anywhere and he's going to be able to get open, um, and have it have an impact. And I think that type of like, uh, Swiss army knife, like type of presence is really important, especially in the modern NFL. If you have a creative offensive coordinator and then the hand eye coordination is just like Mayor is great at it. Kincaid is like a different I mean, in traffic, Mayer is better, like we said, because he can block people out and stuff like that, where Kincaid can't quite do that. But if a ball is like outside his frame, it's too high, it's too low, it's like he's got to die for it. Holy moly, the way Kincaid finds the ball and brings it in is really, really impressive. And I think when you're talking about, especially if they compare him with like a younger quarterback, like we just mentioned with Jordan Love, who like maybe needs a little bit of like a security blanket, accuracy, erasing type of player, Kincaid is very much that. So I think that's going to help. I think he's pretty good with the ball in his hands. Like he's a really smooth mover. He's, he, he really gets north south once he once he once he gets the ball. So I really like him a lot. For me, the blocking is is tough because I think towards the end of the season he got a little bit better, and it was enough where I was like, okay, this is probably good enough to like be an NFL starter. But you go back and you watch the game against Florida. Oh man. They are just eating him alive and it's not good. And that was to me, I was like, would this have looked different if he played in the SEC all year? Like, would this have been what it looked like? So that's a little bit my concern where I think maybe he's more of an H wing type than like a true inline tight end, which is like, that's mostly why I don't get the him above Mayer because I think Mayer is like, you can play him anywhere, which I think Kincaid yeah. is a, a little bit more limited do, in some ways, but I do wonder if him and and maybe Musgraves to some degree are benefiting from the conversation we had at the top of the show, which is the absence of X receivers in this draft. Yeah. So if you're like, well, I'll just go get go get that six four tight end and split him out wide and call. We got to get a know, big guy I somehow. Mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I mean, because you know they're they're going to be obviously end zone targets as well. Um, I think there are just certain teams where I'm like, God damn, if they could. It's funny because before the Dalton Kincaid hype really started, I was like, what if he was there for Kansas City? You know, they've been running all this person. <laughs> I mean, that didn't really make sense. But like, I don't know. There are just certain certain offenses where I think it'd be pretty, pretty funny. So do you have Washington over him? Is that your number two or? Yeah, just barely. Okay. And again, like, I think you really could flip a coin. And like, honestly, I probably it's, still could. It just was the back thing with Kincaid. Yeah. Um, but so Washington. Adam Schefter is- was posting about his health, I guess. You know, the mm-hmm. reports are all good. But um yeah, Washington. <laughs> He's just, it's just, it. he feels like a incomprehensible person. Like he's just so 
big and so fast, it feels like it's CGI. Like, it feels like something from Lord of the Rings or something. I mean, because he's like 6'8", he's like almost 280 pounds or something. Like, he is just a massive, massive person. Um, But he runs really well. Like, he, he's pretty fast for a guy his size. He can run like crossers. He can run up the seam. Yes. Um, even if, like, you just give him a basic dump off in the flat, like, he has the turn-up speed to, like, actually make something out of that. Um, I think he's, like relatively fluid for that size you're never going to be actually fluid for six eight but like relatively i think he's he's got what you need yeah no i could i totally agree and because of his blocking which we'll talk about and the Mm -hmm. specific role he's going to be asked to play like he's going to be in a very play action heavy offense that runs a lot of split zone right so because of that he's gonna be open yes (laughs) so um you know, and that, so he doesn't really need to like, he doesn't need to run perfect routes or get off. And then uh, he does have the strength and I think functional speed to get yards after the catch. He's got nice hands too, by the mm-hmm. way. Like I, I saw him reel in some, you know, some, some underthrown balls. And again, like it, I'm trying to think of the perfect comp. He really is like, I don't want to compare him to Giannis because that's not right. But in the red zone, he looks much more like an NBA center than a football player. He just boxes dudes out and it's not, there's just nothing that he's just a little boy. Like he, there's just nothing you can do because he's so effing big. I mean, especially um, with the way linebackers are getting smaller, like yeah. come oh on, God. man. It's just it's like, I it mean, doesn't feel fair to a, a degree. Mismatch. He's going to be such a mismatch. Um, And it's, yeah. It's, I think with the blocking too, like it's not, he's not even, I wouldn't even say he's not like George Kittle, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's consistency, in, in my opinion. That's the problem. Yeah. Like when exactly. he catches someone clean, he is killing them. Like they are in the dirt, done. The Oregon game, it's, he did it like 10 times. It's the finishing that makes it so jarring because yes. normally with a tight end, we're like, okay, he, he immediately survives. <laughs> Good block, right? But with <laughs> Washington, he doesn't just survive. He, you can actually use a word that is never used to describe anyone other than offensive lineman, which is he's nasty. He is yeah. a nasty blocker. Like you're like, oh my god, you just rel- you look happier doing that than you do catching the football at times. Um, <laughs> and then he, I also think like um, he's a really good blocker in space, which is impressive mm-hmm. given how tall he is too. And um, you know, like I, I talked about, his ideal for split zone. Um, yeah, it's just. The right offense, just such an obviously good piece. I, I my my ideal pick for him is Dallas. I would love him in Dallas. For I mean, one he kind of fits oh, yeah. the offense, but also, who, what quarterback in the NFL throws more seam routes than <laughs> Dak Prescott? Nobody. Who oh. is good, big enough and fast enough to run seam routes on every play if they need to? Darnell Washington. Yeah. So I kind of want to see, kind of want to see it. Hopefully, fewer interceptions if you can just. Uh, <laughs> he, pluck he'll him pluck him down and, and throw him down if he has God, to. Does, Michael Mayer has like a Dallas because maybe it's because he kind of. He does like look like he would quality. be. A, yes, yeah. <laughs> I would like him there too. I want to say. I, Absolutely. I'd have to say I would like him there as well. Um, okay, the other two tight ends I want to talk about. I have them together, and a tier are uh, Musgraves and Laporta. Sam Laporta. I didn't want to like Sam Laporta. Maybe because I didn't want to watch the Iowa offense and I put it off until I think, and then he just kept climbing up boards and I was like, ah, oh, this guy looks like, looks like late career Ben Roethlisberger in his jersey. I don't want to do six foot three, whatever. 
And then I watched him and I was like, okay, he can move. Mm-hmm. He can get you yards after the catch. He's got nice hands. He he separates well. Offense is disgusting. But um, <laughs> I think um, it, the, the 6-3 thing is a concern, yeah. though, for sure. And that's a, and then that, that's why I kind of put him next to Musgraves, who is like, you know, built like a Greek. He's six foot six. And um, their production-wise are about as opposite as you can get as well. Musgraves barely played, injured last year. I mean, Musgrave, not Musgraves, pardon me. I'm thinking about Casey Musgraves. Um, yeah, <laughs> just didn't produce much at Oregon State for a litany of reasons. I guess let me, let's me let start there. Like, How do you have them comp to each other? I have Musgrave a little bit over Laporta. Um... Athleticism. It's mainly athleticism. Like if you hit on Mus, like the high end of what Musgrave can be is is like Darren Waller or, or something yeah. like that. Like I think that's what you're shooting for if you take Musgrave. Like the way he runs in the open field, I think is better than any of the other tight ends in this class. Like he just has a a gait to him and a speed and a power that is just like holy Christ for a guy who's like six six two fifty five or something. Like he's a big dude who can move. Um, and then he has the fluidity. And like some of the route running skills to actually flex out at like wide receiver or a little bit at X, like um like Travis Kelsey will do. Obviously, he's not going to be Travis Kelsey, but he has a little bit of that to him where you can move him out wide. Um, and then I think his ball skills are like mostly good. And then what I actually, upon rewatching him, appreciated more was I thought he was a better blocker the second time I watched him. Um, hmm. And I don't know if that, that was I don't know I what I missed. I don't know what I missed the first time, but like I went back and watched the second time, and it just. It felt like he had a little bit more there um, that he would at least get to the baseline. And you hope that with a strength and conditioning program in the NFL that he'd be able to to get across the line there and, and handle that himself. So the concerns really are just like, obviously, he's injured and then the production is not really there. But also the production one is weird because in the two games he did play this year, my God, they were trying to get him the ball every play. And it I would assume that would have carried for the rest of the season and then this wouldn't have been a concern. But then he just got hurt, and so you just don't know, and so it kind of just makes it a weird, tricky evaluation. Yeah, it's it is tricky um, because it's so like you can watch all of his catches in like you know five minutes, minutes. <laughs> um, and they're impressive. Mm-hmm. Talked about the hands; he he can separate at all three levels. He's such a great mover. Um, he's got just really, really impressive speed. It, I, I read somewhere that at the senior bowl, he was the first tight end to ever reach 20 miles an hour, which checks out when you watch. That does check out um, if you watch him. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I can see the case kind of what we were talking about at the beginning with uh, tight ends and athleticism for taking him over Laporta. Um, but I can also see how both could be pretty like useful, honestly. So I love this class. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see. I, I think maybe more than the wide receivers or running backs, I'm excited to see where all the tight ends land because it, it's one of those things where like the right offenses, I think, can get a lot out of all of the guys we've just been talking about. So Absolutely. And like we can't get to all of them, but I think this tight end class is like nine dudes deep. Like it is. Ooh. There are a lot of good guys who I think – Maybe not like immediately great, but are just like yeah. guys where I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, I want to take the chance on that. That seems like that could be a good starter. So very fun class. All right. We did it. Let's uh, take a quick break and then dinks and dunks. As you guys know, NFL teams can make mistakes when it comes to spending money. For example, cover years, Broncos fans. 
Russell Wilson has a $53 million cap hit this year. <laughs> but uh, unlike the uh, Walton family, I'm guessing people listening to this podcast don't have millions to spend. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. Get at me. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and they decided to do something better. They found their own way to make a beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. They have customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as $2, which is half of what you pay for big brands. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best does not mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com M-I-N-A. That's harrys.com Mina for a $3 trial set. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Show. M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? As always, five questions for our guest. I guess not always. Always, I've forgotten to do it lately. Four questions from me, one from Lenny. Derek, are you ready? I hope so. Question number one. There is a lot of smoke right now about the Texans maybe not taking a quarterback. Number two, you've seen it. I've seen it. I've read it. It's on the internet. It's not just on the internet. People who are in the know are talking about it. The, the thing I, I'm hearing is like if it's not, if Bryce is taken first, because they really like Bryce. If you were a Texans fan on a scale of one through 10, how mad would you be if your team didn't take a quarterback at number two? Probably like a six, because like I would be pretty pissed off because I do like I mean they're gonna have their their pick of the litter because my take on this is I still think the Panthers are taking Stroud and I think this whole like Stroud Texans oh we don't want a quarterback I think it's just kind of a pissing contest to get the Texans to trade up to make sure that they can get their guy that's kind of what it feels like to me um but if the Texans didn't take a quarterback I would be pretty pissed off but also you probably should still be in the top five next year. And that probably just about to say. should put you in the range. Like you never know. And that's why I still think I would be a little mad because you just don't know. Like you, you D'Amico Ryans could turn around the defense and they have a top 12 defense. And all of a sudden, you know, like something weird could happen where they just are outside of the top five, but I would imagine they'll be back here again. So I would be pissed off, but still see where this could be fine. Yeah, it would be, I think that it, the thing that would be ho- so hard to sell to fans is like, it would it would be another year of Davis Mills with Case yeah. Keenum as backup. Like, it's not like your team went out and you signed Garoppolo, right, to be the bridge quarterback. I think that would make it more palatable to watch, even knowing that you'd be in the, 
you know, the Kayla Williams sweepstakes. It's hard. It's hard out there for fans year after year after year to keep waiting. <laughs> so I, I'm with you, but there is a lot of smoke. Well, I guess the next, second question. Um, so I had JT on talk quarterbacks, but of course you always really dig into the quarterbacks as well. Point blank. Who is your favorite quarterback in this class? Well, my favorite is Anthony Richardson, but he's my quarterback too. I think Stroud is a little bit better, a little bit safer, but my favorite mm. is Anthony Richardson. He just, God, if he hits, he's going to be incredible. Cause I just think, obviously he's a little bit of a, a, he, he has, he's a little rough around the edges in certain areas. The accuracy is not quite where it needs to be, even though I don't think it's as bad as people think it is. Um, the processing is like, I think he has the baseline, but probably needs a little bit of ironing out. I mean, he's 20 years old and he played one year. Of course, that's going to be the case. Um, but to me, why I love him so much, obviously one incredible athlete, but his pocket management and his know-how to get out of sacks, whether that's checking down or knowing where to move, knowing how to throw the ball away. It just, to me, screams a guy who gets the game, who just needs reps to get over that, that hill, if that makes sense. One more draft question. Question number three. Let's say it goes, as you say, Stroud, Young. One, two. I, I still think that's the most likely. You're Arizona. You're pick number three. Do you trade down with the Colts to four? Get Will Anderson? Or do you go down further if not a first-round pick but a second round pick is on the table. Because I think if it's a first round pick, if it's a no brainer, if you get an extra first, yeah, you got to do yeah, it. Yeah, if you get an extra first, you kind of have to. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I can see both sides because the extra second would be great because their roster is so bad that so they bad. kind of need a bunch of yeah. picks. At the same time, I'm kind of of the belief that if your roster is so bad, it really helps to have a no brain superstar type of pick. And Will Anderson kind of feels like he's not like a Miles Garrett type of pass rusher, but like he feels like you're going to plug him in and he's going to be very, very good for a very long time. So I think trading with the Colts and just being sure that you can get Will Anderson is probably the way I'd go. Because you're still going to get a further. Let Will Anderson follow the Seahawks at five. <laughs> oh. Don't listen to Derek, Arizona. Okay, question four. Um, I haven't really talked about this. Well, I haven't talked about it on the podcast. I was on. I forgot where I was talking about it, but um, oh, NFL Live. So uh, the Ravens signed OBJ. Multiple layers of this. It, it's almost like hard to talk about the signing because of the Lamar Jackson of it all, right? Like it's not a normal signing. It's not just like a team adding a player. You finally get proof of life from your quarterback who seems engaged for the first time in months. Like that matters. Like that all clearly factored into this signing, which was an overpay by everyone's estimation. My question for you is this. Let's say I want I want I, I I tweeted this and people were like that's a lot of ifs and I was like yeah that's right I wrote the word if but let's say Lamar Jackson plays next year I don't know if he's on a long term deal or whatever but he's on the Ravens OBJ is healthy Rashad Bateman is healthy it's Todd Munkin his new offensive coordinator what could that offense look like if all of those things happen I mean they're a top five offense I think like because pe I think what people forget about the Ravens team is that they were unbelievably injured. Like, they, it was not looking good. Um, and so I think if they can just be healthier across the board, especially with those two at that position where, like, that's been their pain point, right, is receiver. Um, so if you can get most of a season out of Bateman and, and Odell and them are, them are playing at a high level, 
I think it's going to be great, man. Because, like, I think also what people are forgetting is Lamar Jackson played pretty well for the first eight or so weeks of last year. And then it kind of tailed off for, you know, he was getting a little banged up. Everything else around him was falling apart, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he was still playing at, I think, a really high level. And so if you throw Bateman in there, he's healthier, has another year under his belt. If o- if OBJ can be at least what he was with the Rams, that is miles better than they've had at the wide receiver position outside of Bateman in I don't know how long. Um, and then Munkin, I think, is actually just it's not just that Munkin is, I think, a good play caller. He's really, really good at explosives like he will yes. find your pain points and he will find explosive plays. And what are Rashad Bateman and OBJ really good at? Explosives. And Lamar Jackson is a very good explosive passer. So I just, feels like it could be really, really good. Well, I said on NFL Live and then ESPN's account tweeted it. Of course, the way they tweeted it robbed it of context. (laughs) They were like, Mina Kimes, the Ravens should have the most explosive play action attack in the NFL. And I was like, I meant should as in like should. Yeah, Nothing like will. If, like that like should if, be the case if, theoretically. If Lamar right. Jackson is your quarterback. You should always have the most efficient play action pass, and with these with actual wide receivers if they're healthy. And but I was talking about Todd Munkin and how, um, you know, I think there was like a lot. There's a lot to learn from what he did with Georgia. It's going to look different, mm-hmm. but I thought he was so good at sequencing the run and the pass and making things look the same. And like that's to me what's most enticing for this potential. Ravens that's how you offense. get explosives is you yes. you rewire you, you mess with the defense's brain of like what are we i mean that's yeah. why shanahan gets explosives even though he doesn't i mean they have incredible players but even though the shanahan offense doesn't throw deep that much they get explosives because they just make everything look the same until it's not and then boom brandon Ayuk is 30 yards down the field whenever people ding lamar they're like yeah well it, it's you know it's a lot easier to throw the ball deep when defenses are afraid of you running it's like and yeah <laughs> yeah and <laughs> what that's just, like he's it, that's, you're, that's just a is. credit to him like say. yeah <laughs> like, whatever it is what it is okay last question as always comes from lenny um simple question lenny's watching right now he's on camera he sees that you mm-hmm. are debuting a new very full mustache his question is simple what are you hiding um I guess I was previously scared of of growing the mustache, so now I'm hiding whatever previous fear of that was, and we're we're testing the waters. We're seeing how it's going. Wow! Uh, I like to look out on the golf course, so it's that's mostly what we're doing it for. (laughs) Maybe it's to hide my golf. I like it. All right, thanks, Derek. (laughs) Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.